0: what's up ladies and gents welcome to the bros and consoles podcast a weekly podcast about nerdy news upcoming releases and sweet deets in the realm of video games i'm your host nathan Choquette, aka indy ronin on twitter aka the trophy titan self-proclaimed and this is episode 33 on the beautiful july 20th 2019 As you may be aware, my partner in crime, Michael Panorero and I are mm, several hundred miles apart. Um, But do you really think that's going to stop us from putting up a weekly episode of the BNC? Of course not. That'd be crazy. So we've got a couple, mm, mm, maybe not a couple, might be a few more weeks. Um, There's going to be a few little small changes um, before we kind of have our reunion episode. Um, But we hope you guys, are guys and gals, are all along for the ride and will enjoy everything until then. Um, but for now, make sure you got your tickets in hand and you have found your designated seat because the video game hype train is about to leave the station. All aboard, let's go! Welcome. Welcome. If this is your guys first time listening in, this is the Bros and Consoles podcast. And for you guys who are joining back in for the 33rd or something in the middle of 1 in 33 times, then nice to see you guys again. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping for you guys who are new to the show or old veterans. Um, you can always write into the podcast at our email, Consoles at gmail.com, or you can reach out to myself on Twitter. At Indy Ronin Um, and Michael. Oh boy, okay. He just said that he changed his Instagram, so this is gonna throw me off for a little while. I think it's the world of Mike. I want to say it's the world of Mike on Instagram. We got to get Michael to have that as like a Twitter as well to make everything just like easier to kind of roll off the tongue and whatnot, you know. But yeah, that aside, um, I just wanted to do a little quick bit of housekeeping. That was already some housekeeping, but um, a little bit of extra housekeeping just because there was some um, funny things on the last episode I wanted to give a shout out to. So um, one of my favorite quotes from last episode, um, when Michael was talking about the uh, PSN drop and talking about uh, a game called Telefrag VR, um, which came out last week, Um, he... (laughs) (laughs) He had a a, a sentence that I thought was great, and it was something along the lines of, so he's talking about this game, Telefrag, which has all kinds of crazy, um, I think they talked about, it's a a first-person shooter um, within VR, and kind of like you have different kind of, I don't know if you have control over gravity, but basically the geometry of the world is kind of like wacky and stuff, so... It's kind of a lot of um, different ways to move around in the world from the sounds of things as you kind of play in this like arena-based shooter. And um, Michael had the his his quote was something along the lines of, "So if you like VR, moving gravity, and lots of movement, then check it out." <laughs> and I'm just like, "What? What are you talking about, Michael?" <laughs> but I love that description. It was it was great. So. Um, On a a more serious thing there, one of the um, things that Michael kind of, actually a few things Michael was talking about that I'll kind of respond back to. So he did mention that there was um, the, what was it called, Um, the hidden trophy aspect for um, uh, PSN trophies where you can, um, of course, go to the trophy list and then click on a um, otherwise hidden trophy and press the square button and that brings up the description of what the trophy is or at least um, the description that the developers have put in there might not always say how to get it but it kind of describes the trophy for you and this was actually a feature that was um, implemented way back i believe a few years ago um, when the um, update 4.0 came out for the ps4 system Um, it was one of the things that was kind of put in there at that time so yeah it's it's definitely a few years old and when Michael was talking about that as a, as a news story, I was actually surprised that that was something that was like lost on a lot of people. Um, I thought this was kind of more like wide widely known stuff, but um, I believe like kind of like how Michael mentioned um, he found out uh, like several months ago at this point. Um, it, was, it was like a conversation we were having at home when he kind of like discovered it, and then um, he was asking like, "Do you know about this?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, this has been here for like a long while now," and. And he's like, dang, how do we not know about this? And, and in my mind now, I'm like, man, how do people not know about this? But I guess it's because if you don't really, you know, go go looking for trophies and stuff, you don't really pay attention to those little small details. Um, but yeah, so old old thing is, is there and available for people. But um, it's kind of a, a nice little, like, added feature when it was added in a few years ago. Um, along with that, I believe Michael was also asking about the... Um, the Nintendo Switch Lite um, as well last episode, but we'll kind of get into that um, a little bit later in um, the opinion report. Um, for now, let's just go ahead and get straight into segment one, What Are You Playing? And it's a pretty lengthy list this week, I gotta say. Um, the if I, I think I counted it up earlier, and it's um, something around like 15 games. Um, so, a bit of jumping around, but you guys know me. That's kind of how I do things anyways for, for video games. Um, but... The first one will kind of go in order that I played them. Um, the first one was one that I actually played all the way through. Um, it's called Sea of Solitude. And as I kind of talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, um, Sea of Solitude is a game that was published by EA, um, developed by, I believe it's uh, Joe May, um, and that's the company name. Um, but the the game itself, uh, very very interesting um, story kind of game. It's not really heavy on like gameplay mechanics and things. Um, it's more so just about kind of like going through this kind of world and the story that the the world and the characters are kind of telling inside there. Um, you play as a girl named Kay, and she is um, what looks like a kind of like a red eyed like bird like um, monster essentially. Um, in the shape of a um, girl, or a woman. And um, as you kind of journey around through this world, you kind of find other monsters within the world, and kind of um, unravel this story slowly over time. And uh, I was really surprised, actually, going through the entire thing, very pleasantly surprised at the game itself. Um, I had uh, high hopes for it when it was first announced, I think a couple years ago, um, at E3, and... um, I was definitely pleasantly surprised to see that the game turned out pretty well. Um, it's not quite on the, like, top games of the year kind of, like, list and stuff, um, but in terms of, like, the things that I've played um, recently, I would say it's definitely up there for this year. Um, I would say it's it's probably in, like, the top ten of games that I've played this year so far. Um but there's a lot of games that I've also kind of missed earlier in the year that I'm going to have to go back and play in anyways. So, um, yeah, so far it's 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 really good, though. I got I finished the Platinum on there. I um, had to go through um, and collect a few um, collectibles later on in the game after I kind of went through the story. Um, that is kind of one little small um, detail in there that kind of, um, I guess, kind of brings the game's, like, score down in my mind. Um, not musical score, but, like... Uh, rating score kind of thing and that's just the fact that there's no um, discernible way to figure out how many collectibles that you have missed on a given level Um, you can't you can go through chapter select if you're kind of going back to finish things up later on which is nice Um, but there's no counter within the levels so you really have to kind of go through and find everything as best as you can or use a um, walkthrough which are um, available now at this point as well Um, but the game itself, uh, took a lot of different turns. Um, I kind of expected it to story-wise go along, um, one specific story path, but it was interesting in the fact that it kind of went along multiple beats, um, in Kay's, like, personal life and, like, her family life as well, so a lot of interesting kind of things going on in there. Um, from what I understand, the game is kind of a um, story based around um, one of the lead developer's um, personal like life experiences, which kind of gives the game an extra um, amount of like depth, I would say, in my mind. Um, but the game itself, very, very good. Um, I would say that if it's something that you're interested in, it's um, definitely kind of heavier um, topics kind of being talked about in there. Um, but something that I think is an interesting thing to play through and I think is relatable to certain extents. Um, but yeah, I think you can pick that up currently on, I believe, um, I'm trying to think if it's on Nintendo Switch as well, but um, I played it on the PS4, so it's definitely there. I think it's probably also on the Xbox, um, you can pick it up for, I believe, $19.99, so pretty, pretty decent price point as well. Um, the next one I played through was a game called Horizon Chase Turbo, and that's um, one of the PS Plus games that's uh, available for free for members on the PlayStation this month. Um, really fun kind of uh, uh, arcade racing game. Um, definitely reminds me of, I mean, I think that's the point is this is a arcade uh, Sega game. And been around for a long time, I believe. Uh, this is just kind of one of the newer iterations for it. And I might be totally off there because I don't follow the Horizon Chase Turbo scene. But um The game is very fun. Um, It's just really easy to kind of like drive through. It's definitely something I remember playing these types of arcade games in the past. um, But those kind of things that always play on arcade cabinets um, at like the movies or arcades and things like that. And uh, it was always frustrating then because when you would race around, you'd have to, you know, like go through, try to survive, like at least those ones I played in the arcades. You have to, you'd have a timer counting down, you have to keep going hitting checkpoints would increase the time and stuff, and that was always kind of frustrating when you'd not be able to finish a level, you know, because then you'd have to put in more coins, and in my mind, I'm like, ah, I'm just wasting my money because I'm never good enough to, like, finish these things. But it's a lot of fun to play this game on the PS4 because you can just keep on going through. Um, there's no time limit, which is kind of nice. I'm not sure if they have that kind of later on. But it's kind of just individual races. You have certain number of laps you have to get through, and then at the very end, there are... Um, What's it called uh, awards for first, second, third place kind of thing. Um, you can pick up items, uh, or not items. Eh, they're kind of like little like floating coin things along the way. Um, if you get all the coins, it's like an extra bonus at the end, um, score-wise, which is pretty nice. And then uh, you have like nitro, a certain number of nitro boosts to use throughout the level. So you got to have a little bit of, you know, like strategy planning kind of going into your in your race as a whole. Um, but a real fun game. If you like kind of like arcadey things, this is something I think you can just pick up and play pretty easily, and it kind of just, you know, just kind of makes the the time go by pretty quickly without really realizing it, which is a good thing. Um, the next one up that I played a little bit of Hollow Knight. I um, was playing this on the Xbox, I believe, um, specifically for some uh, reward points, because you know got to get those reward points in. Um, played this one as well as uh, Monster Hunter World over there, um, getting some. Just, like, uh, nice points, and then just kind of being able to play through games that I already kind of enjoy in the first place. It's kind of nice um, starting up Monster Hunter World again, just because now that I've kind of fully been able to wrap my head around how to play a Monster Hunter game, going through the opening, like, levels and stuff is is way easier and, you know, a lot less um, daunting-seeming um so it's a lot a lot of fun to kind of i i I don't know i have a weird quirk where it's fun for me to jump into games i've played in the past and like start it fresh um i don't know if it's entirely i always get that nostalgia feeling but I, i do get a bit of that and then also just like the you know like coming at something seemingly uh seemingly fresh in terms of like save state but you have like that experience from playing the game previously. So it's a, it's a nice kind of experience. You feel very like, I guess you could say you feel powerful at that moment. Like you, you kind of know what to do and it's not like you're kind of bumbling around and stuff. Um, but lots of fun, those games. Um, and the next one, um, this is actually one that so far is now last week, I believe, or not last week, two weeks ago, I believe I mentioned that there was currently one game that I had in the, um, the, what's called, the running for three games that are kind of uh, my games of the year so far, like top three games that I've played of the year so far. Um, the only one that I did mention on that list was Katana Zero, because that game is, oh man, amazing. I, I can't speak highly enough of that game. Um, but the second one, I think, and these are no particular order, um, at this point, but second one that I think is going to be joining that list, um, for sure now, now that I've kind of confirmed it a little bit in there, is a game that I was excited about and talked about, uh, ooh boy, several episodes ago now, I believe, um, on the NIC, and it's a game called Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark. Now, this is a, um... It's basically like a love letter to games in similar vein of like Final Fantasy Tactics and um, uh, something that's that's dear to me, um, Hoshigami Ruining Blue Earth. Like those kind of um, tactical strategy RPG games with interesting stories in the background. Um, But Fell Seal kind of meets all these, hits all these like different points that I really am looking for in these types of games. Fun combat, interesting types of like movesets, and um, I think the thing that really tops this one off for me though is like the characters are great in here, and there's the added elements of being able to create your own characters as well and have them as your troops. Uh, I think that's something that I really enjoyed, especially in um, Hoshigami uh, Ruining Blue Earth back on the PlayStation 1 and as well on the um, DS um, back when I played that um, a long while ago. And I think in general, just, like, this added element of being able to create your characters um, is kind of something that gets me even more invested in the game, um, even past, like, the, the seemingly, like, amazing story so far. So even though it's something that uh, may not appeal to everyone in terms of, like, gameplay um, style because of the kind of, like, grid-based strategy, um, turn-taking RPGs elements in battle... Um, It's definitely a great ride so far, and I think it's something that a lot more people would enjoy if they kind of just don't think so hard about the whole, like, grid-based system. Um, But yeah, great, great game. If you haven't picked it up, it's available now on um, PS4. I'm not sure if it's on Xbox. I really gotta look into that, but... Um, I believe when it came out, it was $29.99. So it's a decent-sized game. It's it's not anything like tiny at this point. Um, I want to say I am somewhere between six and ten hours into the game. Um, so it's something I've been playing for a while. Um, I think I think last weekend I actually played f- through like six or eight hours like straight, and that was when I kind of really sunk my teeth into it. And that's 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 when it dawned on me like this is definitely one of the games that I have enjoyed the most this year that that's come out this year you know um so definitely check it out if you guys haven't um heard of it or looked at it before it's, it's something that's very enjoyable um after that got a little silly game from good old Rotalica, and um that one is called Bouncy Bullets and it's a game that um came out I think it was uh, a couple weeks ago Um, It's available on the PS4 and Vita. It's a cross-buy if you pick it up. Um, Two separate trophy lists, as many Radalika games are. And um, it's one that I went through um, a few times for the Platinums. I got it on my main accounts and then my side account as well, so I could do all that. Um, But it's a a silly kind of fun game. It's like the creatures that you end up... Basically, it's a platforming um, 3D kind of run-and-gun shooter kind of thing. Um, as you move through the levels, you you move very fast, and you have to kind of platform at the same time as you fire off two different colored um, kind of square bouncy bullets, um, hence the, the name bouncy bullets. Um, and the monsters within the world are either... They're, like, different colors, so there are, like, yellow ones, there's purple ones, and then there's, like, uh, black ones, right? And as you go through um, the color bullet that you shoot corresponds to the type of enemy that it'll actually like get rid of and uh, if you look at the like art for the game um I think just on you can can probably just find it on like a google search or something um the monsters initially just look like those like you know those weird um inflatable noodle arm things that you see at like uh used car lots and stuff like that uh, that are supposed to like grab people's attention right Um, Except these things don't have any arms, they just kind of um, float around in, like, a weird way. But on the um, art, if you kind of look online, it's, it's, like, got that at the top with, like, a weird smiley face. And then towards the bottom, it's got this, like, gross, like, monster appearance. And I think, I haven't actually looked super carefully within the game. I don't know if I've actually, yeah, I don't think I've actually seen that same kind of thing. But I think the idea behind it was that, like, these things are, like, seemingly... They look like they're seemingly harmless, but then they're actually, like, monsters, and that's the whole, like, premise, I guess. Um, as, as a lot of uh, Ratalika games, uh, or games published by Ratalika tend to be, like, they're kind of, like, silly, just, like, gamey games, not um, deep story or anything like that. Um, but something that does have a little bit of a deeper story as well as pretty fun gameplay um, played a little bit of Doom earlier this week, and uh, last weekend as well. But um, I'm slowly making my way through the game. Um, I want to say I'm closing in on halfway. Um, I don't know exactly how far I am in the game. I've gotten like several hours into it though, and um, like I kind of mentioned before, I got to take it kind of like level at a time. Um, It's kind of got to play in like short bursts because it's a lot of like fast place action kind of thing, and and it gets very, like, um, I wouldn't say repetitive, but it gets very kind like, of, like, in-your-face of how the the game plays in general. I don't entirely... I guess what the best way to describe it for me is, like, as I'm playing it, I'm having fun. But I'm also very much, like... Mm, uh, I would say it's, like, I'm very much looking at the game and kind of really focused on it so that after I finish a level... I feel tired, you know? So it's, like, tired as in, like, I'm putting so much, like, effort and focus into this that I'm, it's kind of, like, draining me after a while, and then I have to... It's a really intense, I would say. That's That might be a, a good way to describe it. There's a lot of, like, intensity and focus that kind of goes into this game as I play it. Um, and that's that might just be because I'm trying to, like, not die all the time, and... As I've kind of gone through, I realized that like the more levels I play in a row, the more I start to um, die in general as my character. And yeah, so I think having like small bursts of this game lets me kind of like focus in a little bit easier. Um, but hopefully I'll be able to finish that um, sometime soon. And then, yeah, then we can have a conversation with Michael about it because Michael's already beaten the game, I believe. Uh after that one, though, played a, a game called Eagle Island, and it's kind of one I was talking about uh, previously when it was first coming out. Um, this game is a lot of fun so far. Um, I have not played enough of it yet to know whether or not this will be like one of my other top threes so far. And there's also so many games that are coming out like soon that it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough race here. But um, Eagle Island, very fun by uh, Pixel Dicks and. If you haven't picked up this game yet, I would definitely recommend doing it. It's a lot of fun. It's very easy to kind of like understand and pick up. Um, one thing that I didn't realize was in the game is that when you... Because um, obviously we kind of talked about it on the NIC a couple weeks ago. Um, when you play the game, you go through and it's it's a procedural generation, right? So the, the levels are kind of like randomized for everybody. And apparently when you go into a dungeon, I hadn't figured this out yet because it hasn't happened to me yet, but um, when you go into a dungeon and your your character faints or, or dies or whatever you want to call it, um, loses all of his, his hit points, right? Um, when he, he gets spit out of the dungeon, and when you go back into the dungeon, the dungeon is procedurally generated again, so you're not playing the same dungeon again. Um, it sounds like on, on Twitter, because um, I follow Pixel Nix now. It sounds like some people have been a little bit um, annoyed at that fact that they want to just go through the same dungeon, um, probably so that they can kind of just get better at the same thing. Uh, maybe they're just kind of having trouble going through it and like having all these new things all the time. Um, but I haven't I haven't run into it yet. Um, I play. I would say I play these kind of games relatively carefully um just because when i think roguelike i'm trying to survive as long as i can so i haven't hit that wall yet where something has been too difficult to actually um finish up but some of the boss battles i've gotten pretty close and so those times are just very like you know like nerve-wracking just in general this was before i even figured out that that was like a thing that happened with the dungeons but um it's gotten close so a couple times so had some close calls and just kind of been lucky at, at some points. But a lot of fun, though. The the bosses are pretty cool. They have nice um, animations and movesets and things that kind of gives you, like, a, a rhythm of, of playing the game and also lets you explore the different abilities that your, your owl companion has. Um, but very, very interesting um, gameplay mechanics. Um, I like how you can find, um, what is it, like, uh, they're kind of like runes or, like, special tokens as, as you go through the dungeon. And they don't—they don't last the entire thing. Um, they tend to have like a certain amount of time that they're active for, and then they break. In which case, you can get another one. But um, as you go through the dungeons, anyways, you're finding multiple of these things in like chests, or um, I think sometimes you have—you can just find them in chests. Other times, you have to unlock the chest with uh, money that you pick up from enemies. Um, but it's a lot of fun to kind of just go through and. Pick and choose which ones you want to carry with you and which ones you want to just leave behind. Um, It gives it kind of a, you know, it gives, I would assume it gives different people different ways to play the game, you know. And so far it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying the kind of like background story that's kind of in there. And hopefully I'll be able to kind of finish that up because I think I am, mm, I wouldn't say I'm, I don't think, uh, actually I don't really know entirely how far I am into the story. Um, I have gotten. There's a total of three additional um, owl powers that you get. Like you get these feathers that give your owl buddy a um, specific element and kind of like does something with their attacks and things. Um, So far, I've gotten one of the three. So in my mind, that's maybe like 25% through the game, uh, but not entirely sure. So we'll kind of have to wait and find out for that. Um, after that, I picked up a game on PS4 that um, we t- that I talked about a while ago, uh, not on the NIC, but just in a um, weekly Nintendo Switch Picks drop, um, and it's a game called Agalos. Um, it actually, I, I didn't know it was coming to the PS4, and I think that's because it hit on a week where the drop was absent, um, and so I picked it up and was playing through Pretty fun. Um, I expected, I think, a little bit different feel in terms of the gameplay. Um, It felt a little bit stiffer than I thought it was going to feel, um, just from kind of watching the trailer before on the Nintendo Switch um, store. Um, But it's still pretty fun. It's got kind of elements of what I would kind of consider to be like a Mega Man kind of vibe. But I think as I play the game, it feels a little bit more, I guess, like mixed between like Mega Man and Shuffle Knight. But plays a little bit more in the terms of something like, I would say, Castlevania, maybe. So maybe just like a little bit stiffer in terms of movement-wise, but then you have certain like other things that you can do um, later on in the game. Um, I haven't gotten there yet where you can go ahead and like dash attack and things like that, but you can do things like uh, jump and then swing downwards and kind of pogo off of enemies or, um, what's called, enemies or like blocks and things, which is something that they kind of had in um, Shovel Knight, as well as like older games like uh, Zelda 2, I believe. Um, but these kinds of games, um, I still enjoy playing. It's kind of like an action platformer on like a 2D plane. And uh, I'm excited to kind of go through some more later on. It's just going to have to, I'm, I'm jumping through so many different things right now. It's kind of hard to focus on one thing, unless it really grabs my attention like Felsi Seal. Um, But the next one, I played a little bit of uh, Celeste, and it's something we've kind of talked about in the past as well. Kind of just went through uh, another level there, um, and actually might not have finished the entire level. I think I went through part of a level, maybe. Um, Just trying to get back into the groove of finishing that game up, because I think I'm getting close to the end there, and it's something I want to see through to the end, so... Hopefully we'll we'll have that. I, I have like a, a short list of things that I want to get through. Um, you know, relatively soon. You know, just some some games to clear off the backlog and everything. Um, not necessarily games that will be like platinumed and stuff, but just games that will be f- like played to completion. You know. Um, after that one, played a little bit of a game called Ghoul Boy. This one um, definitely heavily um, gameplay-wise, I would say, inspired by, um, older games like Castlevania. Um, I would say it's, it's a little fun. It's not, um, and uh, that sounds kind of bad. It doesn't sound like a a great glowing praise by any means, but, um, it's got its nice, it's, it's nice mechanics, I would say. It's not insanely, um, easy, um, as a platformer. Um, just in terms of the gameplay, these ones, this feels like a little bit stiffer, um, which is kind of why I referenced like Castlevania games in the past. Um, So I think it's got that kind of feel on purpose, but once you kind of start to get the hang of the game, um, things kind of get easier to play through. And I think once you start to, you know, make full use of the items that you're kind of constantly picking up, then it becomes more fun, um, which is kind of where I'm at now. I'm in like the um, semi-interesting you know, kind of mindset when I go and play that game. Um, It's one that it seems like has a pretty, like, attainable Platinum. So I'm going to slowly kind of work through that. Um, I believe that's also a cross-buy game um, as well. So if you get one of the versions, um, you get the PS4 and the Vita version as well. Um, Next up, I played a little bit of Super Mario Party on the Nintendo Switch. Um, This kind of took place over at um, the what's called, the hospital I'm interning at. Um, after hours, of course, all the patients are done, and I'm kind of just waiting to be able to leave for the day. Um, so what ended up happening is I just kind of busted it out with kind of just playing for a little bit and, um, you know, just having a having a good old time, you know, just playing some Mario Party. Uh, of course, the, the each game happens to be, like, if you do the smallest amount of turns, it's, like, roughly an hour long. So I think I only got to play, like, majority of, like, one of the games. Um, but a lot of fun, though. I haven't played Mario Party in quite a while, so it was kind of nice to play it a little bit again. Um, I'm still pretty garbage at garbage at that game. It doesn't... I, like, I feel like a lot of Mario Party is based around luck, and when it comes to that kind of stuff, like, I don't know. These kind of games don't seem to like me very much, <laughs> so it was fun, though. It was fun to play. Um, next up, I played a game called Mochi Mochi Boy, And that one actually came out last week. Um, Michael kind of mentioned it in the PSN drop there. And um, Platinum did it a couple times. It's a um, puzzle-based kind of game where you try to move your character through the level uh, and you can't step on or, I guess, stretch on because you you don't have any legs. You're just kind of stretching everywhere. Um, You can't stretch across tiles that you've previously been on. And the goal is to stretch on every single tile in the level before it's completed. Um, but game's pretty fun. It's a, it's a lot of like a games, obviously. Um, only did the platinum a couple times cause I haven't done it for my other account yet. Um, but it's one, what I feel like one of the few puzzle games that I haven't had to use a guide for, which is kind of nice. So I think it's something that you can kind of pick up and just kind of, you know, try to work your way through and figure things out once you kind of learn some of the mechanics of the game, um, which I think the levels do a decently good job of teaching you about. Um, then it's pretty easy to kind of go through and just figure things out to, to finish up the game itself. Um, then, because Michael threw down the game challenge gauntlet... Um, gauntlet? Maybe just game challenge. Um, I played some more of Sonic Mania. So there you go, Michael. Now you, now you got me playing some Sonic Mania like you wanted. Um, and I think I played through... Uh, let me see. I think I want to say like about six levels last night, something like that. I'm on, ooh, memory. I'm on, I believe, Flying Battery Zone 2 or something right now. Um, so there was a few, I think a few chances to try and get some Chaos Emeralds, which I missed. Um, these like newer Chaos Emerald levels have been like more challenging than the previous ones. Um, so slowly trying to kind of go through and finish up the game. Um, but yeah, it's, I'll, let's see, I'll, I'll kind of wait till the end of playing through everything to kind of give my like full, you know, like, I don't know if, the, I don't know if Reader's Digest counts in this, in this kind of case, but I just give my, my full opinion on the game once I've kind of finished up everything. And if there, if ever, ugh. If everything works out in a couple weeks, then we may be having our reunion episode anyways. So maybe a good time to have finished up Sonic Mania, and then we can have a conversation about it together, you know? So, yeah. Have you guys played Sonic Mania? You guys, you should write in and tell me how, what you guys think of the game as well. Um, consoles at gmail.com or rodent on Twitter. Um, and the last thing I played this week... Now, um, earlier in the week, I took a trip, so I went in the car after work one day um, over to a GameStop over in Fresno, um, and it's been quite a while since I've been in the GameStop, um, the, but I guess, I'm trying to think, I think I went earlier this year as well, so this is probably the most I've gone to GameStop in a year in the past like few years. But I um, went over to GameStop because I was feeling nostalgic, you know. I had, I had some thoughts on games that I wanted to play. And so when I went over to GameStop, I ended up uh, picking up a few things. One of the things I picked up was the game that I played uh, most recently this week. And that was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D. And man, guys, like booting up the, um, the DS and playing... Even just like, I think I only played about like the first 30 minutes of the game. I was taken back to being a kid, like in the living room of, ironically, my house in Fresno, I would say. And, um, or I guess, I guess Clovis is where we used to live, um, close by Fresno. But man, like being brought back to that period in time where I kind of was like playing through the entire, um, Ocarina of Time on the, um, N64, um, it, it brought me back super hard and it was great. Like even just hearing the opening music in the game, um, when you kind of like have the start screen there, um, and seeing kind of Link riding through on, um, Epona, just through like the, the fields of Hyrule, I was just kind of instantly transported back to my childhood, which is kind of something I was looking for, um, when I was kind of like feeling nostalgic earlier this week. And this is definitely a great thing to kind of jump back into. Um, over over time, there's going to be some more um, nostalgia games that I'll probably get into as I kind of get to them. But um, yeah, got a, got a few things lined up in the, the gaming future um, for times when I'm kind of away from the, the PS4 or the Switch or the Xbox, things like that. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys look forward to it too, because... A lot of these things are, are very enjoyable to me and hopefully it's it's fun for you guys to, to hear you know I feel like I feel like it's always fun for me to hear about people um, talking about games that they really love just because you can kind of like feel the emotion that they have for it and stuff so hopefully I'm not just boring you guys with this but man I felt like a kid again it was great now then though we're gonna jump straight into segment two the opinion report Oh, man, guys, you know I love my music things. Now, if you guys know what that's from, then e- email in consoles at gmail.com or tweet at me on Twitter, Indy Ronan. Um, let me know. If you guys if you guys pick that up, then maybe there's a little special surprise gift for you guys. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and just see um, if people are, you know, savvy video game listening people. Um... I like these little kind of like guessing game kind of things. I feel like it's more like engaging, you know. So if you guys know what um, game that's from, um, then let me know. And yeah, for now, we're just going to go ahead straight into the Bropinion Report this week. I've got a total of six items for you guys. So let's just go ahead and get started with number one. And this comes from our good old buddy Michael McWhorter on Polygon. Um, Apparently... And this is kind of the main story this week. Um, there is a new Nintendo Switch model, which is going to be having a much better battery life. And, oh man, got, got multiple thoughts on this, but um, let's just go ahead and go through some of the specifics. Now, um, last week we heard that there was a um, Nintendo Switch Lite, which is going to be coming out. Um, the Lite is essentially just a handheld version of the Switch proper. Um, and the lights is not going to be compatible with the docks, right? So you can't hook it up and play it on your TV. Um, the Joy-Con controllers that are normally found on the original Switch um, won't dis oops, excuse me—they won't disconnect from the Switch light either. So essentially, you have just a large Nintendo um, handheld device now. And, um, obviously it's kind of more directed towards, um, people who are looking to play the Switch on the go only, as well as, um, what I would assume the, the bigger target audience is for, um, kids, because it's a cheaper price point for the Nintendo Switch currently. Um, the current Switch is priced at $299.99, uh, essentially $300, and the new one's going to be, or the Switch Lite's going to be priced at $100 cheaper, so $199. Um but the newest kind of like skew for the um console in general is this kind of like new and improved switch which is going to have the um longer battery life um let's kind of go over to the article from uh, michael mcwerter on here um, they talk about the original switch which has an estimated like two and a half to six and a half hours of play time um, depending on which game you're playing, um, they kind of cite that like if you were to play um, Breath of the Wild nonstop, and this is something I think I've experienced as well, um, you get from a full charge, you get roughly about like three hours of playtime in that game um, because it's a very you know involved world and everything like that. Um, the new Switch though should be having um, a slightly extended battery life. I believe they were saying something like um, what is it? Uh, yeah, here it is. Four and a half to about nine hours per charge, so you're getting an increase like two to maybe uh, two and a half hours battery life, which could be could be um, better for some people that have the current Switch. Um, But I don't know, Nintendo's making some kind of weird choices lately, Um, and I don't I don't like the argument that like oh it's Nintendo they always do weird stuff, you know because just because a company always does weird stuff doesn't mean that it's like an acceptable reason for these things to be happening, you know. I feel like you you make choices because of like business decisions, obviously, um which is why i even though like I don't agree with putting out a DS light, um, uh, and I'll kind of get into that. Sorry, not DS light, a switch light. Even though I don't really agree with that as a like decision, I understand why it's being put out there, and it's because. Um, these kind of like light editions of consoles um, slash like handhelds have made Nintendo a lot of money in the past Um, the like DS Lite being kind of the you know like um, front and center like example of that kind of thing but um, for the the Switch it's a weird kind of idea in my mind just because now it's no longer a Switch right like you can't switch between handheld and console mode um, like the, the controls on the sides don't no longer pop off, and, and it's, it's still got the ability to pair um, other Joy-Cons with it. But who's going to actually want to play on this like Switch Lite um, with multiple like people and multiple Joy-Cons? Um, you, you've only got the screen now, and the screen I believe on the light is smaller than the um, current Switch. Um, and along with that, there's no kickstand on the back, I believe, so now you can't even, like, stand it up in front of people. You have to kind of, like, tilt it against something and hope it doesn't, like, slam down, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's a weird choice, seemingly, by Nintendo. Um, I understand why they're doing it to an extent. Um, I don't quite understand why they wouldn't just call this, like, a slightly different thing, other than just to, to kind of ride the coattails of the Nintendo Switch in general. Um, but leaving that aside, now we have kind of a third SKU of the Switch that's going to be coming out. Um, this one is just going to be a regular Switch, but with an improved um, processor, I believe. And that kind of increases the um, overall, like, battery life capability of the, of the system. Um, but the as kind of many people have kind of talked about, like, chatter in the the industry is kind of been going on of, as to how this is kind of a very confusing um, new skew that's going to be put out, and I and I kind of agree with it. The idea that now there's going to be a another switch um, system, but people that aren't really like ingrained in, um, in like the the video game news and like media and stuff like that, they're not going to know the difference between these different consoles. So I mean, they may go to the store um, wanting you know, wanting a new Switch system, Um, they might not really understand what the difference is between a light and a um, regular Switch. So maybe they'll get the light just because it is, you know, it is cheaper than everything else. Um, Maybe they do finally, like, find someone that's working at the store that can kind of explain, they're like, oh, yeah, like, this one is only, like, a, it's basically like a Game Boy and you can only play it on the go. This one, you can connect to your TV and stuff. But um, the idea that that has to be kind of a, you know, like something that that sellers will actually kind of tell people it's a bit kind of um, concerning, I would say. Um, but even more so with the like third and most recent kind of iteration that's coming out here, um, the change that is gonna be kind of like um, the visible way of telling whether or not this is like one of the newest versions is that the um, box that it comes in is going to be um, red, I believe, instead of uh, more like white background on there so not the greatest kind of um, I feel like not the greatest marketing strategy like how are you gonna know coming into the store that you're getting kind of like the newest and greatest version of the system if you're just buying it just because you know like you you want one for like a present or something for for a kid or someone that um, is special for you in your life Um, but you, you go into the store and not really know much about these things. Maybe you're just picking one up for, for your child um, for Christmas or birthday or something like that, right? And you go to the store, and maybe all the new ones are sold out, but you're like, oh, man, like, these things are so hard to find, but I finally found one, and you found one of the white box ones, which means now you're getting a lesser version, but you're paying the same amount of money for it. So in my mind, it's kind of a – it kind of feels like – I don't know, I, I hesitate to say shady, because Nintendo's not doing it on purpose, but in the, in the sense, like they, they're trying to make sure that the old ones are still sold, um, because obviously they're still out in the wild, right, they're still out in the storefronts and things like that, um, and the people at the stores, they want to sell these systems as well, so they're going to leave them on the shelves, they're not going to take them down just because they have the newest and like best version of the Switch out there. Um, So if they run out of the new ones, they're not going to probably say much about the old ones because they want to sell those as well. So it's kind of just a a weird situation that we find ourselves in with these things. Like now there's multiple SKUs and the ways that you have to kind of figure out which one you're getting um, without just kind of like knowing these things already is looking at like the serial numbers on the boxes as well as the colors of the boxes um, if they just kind of had these things on the box in, in like, you know, big, like bold print and stuff, like, in like, I don't know, some kind of like star thing on the side, that's like, um, newest, newest switch, longer battery life kind of thing. That might be a, an easier and kind of like more acceptable way in my mind to kind of show that you're getting what you are trying to get from the store, you know? Um, but you know, like regular, like Joe Schmo, consumer not gonna know that there's a difference between these things without someone telling him about it or her. And so it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of these new um, kind of announcement things that they got going on because it's, it's, I don't know, it doesn't seem like Nintendo's making a lot of sense with these decisions and stuff. Like I, I totally agree with um, making newer and improved versions of the systems, but I just, I guess, I guess the final thought is I don't really agree with the way it's kind of being um, handled. You know, I don't, I don't agree with the way it's kind of being like advertised and stuff. Like, obviously they're trying to find a way to make it so that the consumer can can figure these things out, but the the way that they're doing it, I think could could be improved. It could have extra kind of like signs on the new boxes that like this is the newest version kind of thing. Um, rather than leaving it up to people to go and check serial numbers on the box. You know, that's that's kind of, that's, that's very, like, mm, very kind of, like, anal, I would say, about, like, they're, they're expecting people to really, really do their, their research on these things, which I think if you're just getting it for someone else, you're not going to do that much research, most likely. So, yeah, that's just kind of my, my thoughts there, but, yeah, who knows? And, and Michael was kind of mentioning, too, um, in the last episode, that um, he doesn't know really who the um, DS light. I don't actually maybe he didn't say he didn't know who the DS light was kind of aimed towards, but he was wondering if, if what my thoughts on the, the light are. And um, I think uh, for me, the, the light's not something that I'm super interested in. Um, I already have multiple like handheld systems. Um, and I consider the switch I have to be a handheld system when I use it in like handheld mode. So I don't really think I need a, like, handheld-only version of the Switch. Like, if anything, that's kind of more of a turnoff for me because, like, obviously it's it's a cheaper way in to the um, Switch ecosystem. But if you already have a Switch, I'm not really enticed to go and get the Switch Lite. Um, I know some people have been like, man, it looks cool and I want it. And, but I think that's just kind of like that's like a like surface level kind of um, impulse buy kind of thing for some people. And even though I do a lot of like surface level impulse buys, um, with stuff like this, that's not really in my like wheelhouse kind of thing. That's not like wheelhouse is the wrong word. That's not really in my um, area that I really want to like go and impulse buy something like this. Um, I want something that if it's going to be, like, a piece of hardware, I guess is kind of, like, the, the biggest factor is I don't really want to go and get a piece of hardware that I already own and is working fine. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something I think that's for other people that um, want more than one Switch but maybe want it as, like, presence for someone else kind of thing. Because um, I, I don't really – I don't quite understand – Not that I don't understand it. I guess I don't really quite see myself ever wanting a light version of it. Um, If it was a light version and it had that... Like, it does have an increased battery life because there's no um, docking to the um, TV. But if it had an increased battery life... I guess if it was, like, the newest SKU and my Switch broke, which is kind of along the lines of what Michael was talking about, um, if mine were to break, then I would definitely get, like, the newer version, not, like... The, the light at this point because I want to still be able to hook it up to the TV for times when I'm playing things like Zelda um, and, you know, like uh, even stuff like um, Super Mario um, Odyssey. Like those ones, I don't really want to play only in handheld. I think it's, it's fun in handheld, but I think it's more fun having like a large screen and kind of seeing these like beautiful worlds and everything. So, it's an it's an interesting kind of thing there, and I think it's it's for somebody, but not for myself. And it sounds like probably not for Michael either. So yeah, we'll just kind of have to see. I'm sure it's going to do well. Like the the light, I'm sure is going to sell bananas, and I'm sure the what's it called the the newest version of the Switch will probably also sell well. Um, I just think it's going to kind of. You know, like, overall, I'm sure Nintendo, when they get their sales numbers out and things, they're just going to kind of lump everything together. Like, probably both Switch skews together as, like, the Switch is selling this many units. And then probably talk about the light selling this many units as well. Um, I don't think they're going to just do, like, the old Switch is selling this, and the new one's selling this, and the light selling this. Um, so it might just be a little bit, like, weird in terms of, like, number-wise, but that's kind of such a minute thing um, for, like people like myself to really kind of like dive into that. It's not really going to be super, um, you know, crucial for the, the switches, um, life in, in general. So yeah, just a little like interesting kind of background things going on there. Um, the next star we got here is over on Gematsu. Um, haven't been, gone to this site in a little while, but this one comes from Sal Romano over there. And apparently Falcom is teasing modern ports of, Two games, um, the Legend of Heroes Zero Nokiseki and Ao Nokiseki. Kiseki. Um, uh, if you guys are like, um, unfamiliar, these are kind of uh, games that, I guess, the best way to describe it. So these are like um, RPG games, obviously JRPG games. Um, but the Legend of Heroes is kind of a large um, saga in terms of like, um, I guess, uh, lineage. There may they may not always be. Um, continuing like um, series or prequels or not not prequels uh, sequels and things like that but um, they're relatively in similar universes and um, they have kind of I think similar um, gameplay styles and things but um, this is an older series um, the one that's being talked about Um, These ones are originally released on the PSP, um, I believe back in 2010 for the first one, and um, 2011, I think, for Seki, which means um, Blue Jewel. Um, But these games, um, I've really enjoyed the Legend of Heroes um, through the Trails of Cold Steel games. Um, Those ones, I think, are some of my favorite Well, yeah, I think I think more recently, there's some of my favorite like JRPG games that I've gotten to play. Um, But and I still have to work my way like through those things. Um, There's a total of I think four of them. Um, Two of them currently, the number three and four are out only in Japan, Um, but three is coming um, to the West soon. And four, I assume will be on its way later on once it's kind of like localized and everything um also um fun little like fact it's one of the few games that i've actually like jrpgs that i've played in english um generally i do the um, japanese voices if it's available um and it it may or may not be available for the the current versions we have and stuff but i think i just enjoyed the voices so much um on the english version that i'm i've been totally fine with playing them so far so I'm kind of slowly making my way through Trails of Cold Steel One still. Um, obviously, like JRPGs are huge time sinks, and it's kind of hard to just play one game all the way through nowadays with so li- like little amounts of time in the day. Um, but a lot of fun on those games. Um, I really enjoy all the different like cast of characters that we have there, and it's exciting that that more of these kind of like older games from the Legend of Heroes um, kind of saga and stuff are kind of being brought over to the West as well. Um, this was actually um, kind of teased in an um, interview with uh, Easy Allies and um, what's called one of the um, Falcom's president, um, Toshihiro Kondo. So they kind of got little uh, tidbits that kind of hinted that it likely would be coming over to the West in like uh, localization in the future, which is pretty cool. Um, I think they they talked about it being in like very very early stages. Um, and in my mind, I kind of assume they'll probably try to go through um, localizing uh, Trails of Cold Steel three and four before they kind of work on the projects for these um, what's called Kiseki games. And I think that's a smart kind of move. You don't want to throw out like multiple um, multiple games with similar titles, um, at least like so close together. People might kind of get confused as to like which which ones relate to each other and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool to see like these other kind of games are thought about being brought forward to like the newer console generations. So hopefully we'll get these on PS4, um, if not a PS5 time, you know, because I will definitely play these when they come out. And it sounds like these these um, games are pretty well loved as well too with their fan bases. So yeah, we'll have to kind of see in the future what we got for the the newer um, ports of uh, tri- or Legends of Heroes. Legend of Heroes games. There we go. Um, But we got um, another story here, just real quick. Um, This one, a little bit more of um, unfortunate news. Um, So number three um, from Sauromano again on Gematsu. Um, My man, he's got all the JRPG news here that I like. Um, Trails of Cold Steel 3, um, as I kind of mentioned, is being brought over to um, the West and um, Europe and, and Oceania as well. But um, it has now been delayed. So originally the release date was planned for September. Um, it's going to be coming out instead uh, about a month later. So in October 22nd for North America and Europe, and I believe like the 27th for Oceania. Uh, so a little bit later for them. Oh, sorry, uh, 29th. There we go. Um, the original release dates were release blah, release dates were um, the 24th of September and 27th um, respectively. But um, Yeah, so a little, gotta wait a little bit longer. Um, I was disappointed when um, Trails of Cold Steel 2 was delayed. And I think actually number 1 was delayed a little bit as well, Um, because I was looking forward to playing those games. Um, But when I heard that the news that number 3 was delayed for its kind of like localization process, um, I wasn't too broken up about it just because I have so much game to get through. for the first one as well as like the entire second one so far. So, um and I know I just talked about these being like some of my like favorite things in like JRPGs at the moment. Um I think it's still true. I just haven't played through the entire thing, but I can tell like from the amount that I've played so far cuz it's been like I want to say like 10 to 15 hours so far that I I can tell that this is a um, well thought out world and events going on in it are interesting and kind of like engaging as well as just like the minutia of using the characters and um, going around and kind of like being able to interact with characters that you choose on like free days and stuff uh, much like uh, games like Persona Um, but kind of like developing those relationships and um, like small little like um, moments of like, you know, like hinted romance kind of thing between characters and stuff is is very like heartwarming and cute. So um, I I enjoy the game so far. Um, I'm gonna go through and play one and two. Um, hopefully I can do that before number three comes out. Um, and now that I have an extra month of time, that kind of gives me a a little more leeway, which is which is nice to kind of hear. Uh, even though like it's it's a announcement of kind of a game delay, which is unfortunate when it happens, but you know, these things happen sometimes, and as long as the game isn't, like, canceled outright, I don't think I'm going to be, like, broken up about the released bidded, ugh, release date being broken or delayed, so not, not too bad there, but um, I'm excited. I still enjoy um, NIS America and, like, what they're doing to kind of, like, bring these games to the West and whatnot, so as long as they're kind of working hard and getting things out and stuff and taking care of themselves, then I think that's kind of, like, the most important thing here. Um, Next up, we're going to go straight into um, number four on the opinion report. Um, This one, a little bit of a turn, so we're kind of moving away from Gematsu and the JRPG stuff for now. Um, We're going to go over to um, Polygon again by Cass Marshall. And they actually have a game list up for um, Uplay Plus by Ubisoft. So the subscription service is going to be starting in September. And, um, that's kind of be their, their kind of first look at, um, all the different games that are going to be available for Uplay Plus, which I believe is going to be $14.99 a month. Um, if you, I think they have a special running now that if you sign up for it before sept- before it launches in September, then you get, I think the first month free, which is kind of a nice thing there. Um, also nice though, is that like seeing the list of games here, it's pretty hefty. Like, um, I guess i don't really always think about it but ubisoft has like a pretty large library of games available so now kind of like getting to see that entire list that's going to be on here um for the most part i think like a majority of the large titles are in there that they're kind of like own and whatnot um obviously i'll I'll kind of just like breeze through some kind of like key points in here um but some of the the big ones that they got in there franchise-wise, they have like the um, Assassin's Creed. I think they have like all the Assassin's Creed games. Um, they have, I think, almost all the Far Cry games except for number one. Um, they have Child of Light, which I'm excited about. Um, that's it's it's a game that's been out for a while, but it was a very like interesting, cute game when it came out um, before. And it's kind of like a smaller indie title there that I kind of enjoyed in the past. Um, they also have Fort Honor, which I'm like, man, Fort Honor has been getting a lot of like good stuff lately from the looks of things, so it's pretty cool that that's also being included in there. Um, I mean, it makes sense. All these things are um, published by Ubisoft, but it's, it's nice that it's still being like, supported so much, and now it's going to get some more love for people who are um, jumping on the, the Uplay uh, Plus wagon. Um, then some like older games, which I was surprised to see, like um, I Am Alive was thrown in there. Um, that's a game that was kind of back in the PS3, Xbox 360 time, um, and it's kind of kind of surprising to see that in there. I also didn't know that the um, Might and Magic games were um, owned by Ubisoft or at least like published by them, maybe. Um, so those are actually going to be included in there as well. Um, got some got some cool things in there like the uh, Prince of Persia games, like a whole bunch of those. You got a bunch of Rayman games. Um, you have the two South Park games, which is a pretty pretty good set of things inside there as well Um, if you like the kind of like more like sporty games they have um, stuff like the crew in there um, and the crew too they have a steep Um, and I think the majority of these games too which is a nice kind of thing is that um, the majority of these games are the um, like gold editions or the like special editions as well so you're not just playing the base game you're playing pretty much everything that the game has to offer which is a nice kind of touch there um, and then one of the ones that's um, dearest to me in here, obviously they have things, the newer ones, like The Division and stuff like that. Um, but basically the majority of the Tom Clancy games are being brought over. So that includes like the majority of the Rainbow Six games. You got the uh, Ghost Recon games in there. And then uh, my favorites, you got the Splinter Cell games, which I, I love to see on there. Um, I'm curious to see how this will kind of work on the playstation i'm kind of wondering if they're going to allow you to play games that weren't previously on the console like um stuff like uh i believe like double agent wasn't on there and i don't think i played conviction on there as well i think those ones i played on the 360 um actually no i might be remembering this wrong i think i like i definitely played on the 360 but they might have been available on the playstation as well it might have just been they didn't have trophies which is why i didn't go back and play them again um, but it's cool to see that they're kind of all being brought over. Um, the only one that I saw that was missing was um, the second splinter cell, uh, Pandora tomorrow, which I feel like is a weird kind of thing to be missing. like they have like there's there's been I think what like six splinter cell games so far. and um, they have all of them except the second one. So it's kind of a weird like little omission inside there, but, I'm sure they've got, the, they've got reasons as to why these things aren't available. So I guess we'll just have to kind of like wait and find out. Maybe someone will bring it up in an interview or something and we'll kind of get some light shed on there. But we'll have to just kind of wait and see for now. And then of course, um, you've got things um, that are coming soon. You've got um, God and Monsters is on that list. Um, not going to be out until next year. Um, as well as uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which comes out I think later this year, um, I want to say. I'm in the first two Watch Dogs games as well. So it's a pretty hefty list. Like, I, I didn't go through and count number-wise, but I'm just kind of taking a hard guess and saying there's probably, like, 100-something games in here just from the looks of things. So pretty huge library. So in my mind, originally, I was looking at it all, and I'm like, I don't know if a list like... If, if like, Ubisoft, all these Ubisoft games would be worth paying, like, 15 bucks a month. But I think in my mind then I was only thinking of, you know, like some of the newer things like um, obviously the like the Watch Dogs games, the Ghost Recon games, um, For Honor, Rainbow Six games, Assassin's Creed. I was thinking some mostly of like those new ones and like Far Cry and stuff, but I wasn't taking into account all the other ones that are kind of under the Ubisoft umbrella that I hadn't really paid attention to before. So looking at the entire, like, full list, it looks much larger than kind of what we had previously, um, or not we, but what I had previously thought it was going to be. So this actually might be a pretty good deal for um, $15 a month. It's still a little bit um, pricey, so off to kind of wait and see. Um, I guess I didn't really read fully, or I didn't see in there if, oh yeah, it says 40 of the 100 games. Yeah, so there's about uh, 100 games in there. I didn't see completely in there, though, if all the games are going to be available on um, what's called the PlayStation platform, which is where I would probably try to play it on. Um, Because I think a bunch of these games are computer games, so it might actually, now that I think about it, too, I don't even know if they've talked about Uplay coming to the PS4 and stuff. Um, So it might be something that's only really computer based. I know they talked about it on uh, Google Stadia, so it's gonna be coming there. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll kind of find out some more about that, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how how well it does, and I'm sure we'll kind of find out how these like subscription thir- service things are kind of doing um, later on down the line once they've kind of been released and whatnot. Um, and kind of if the thing is doing well, then we'll kind of see it continue to evolve and grow. And if it's doing poorly, then it's most likely going to be just kind of slowly um, fading away, or maybe even like um, price dropped. So we'll kind of see how it kind of um, goes in terms of like the life cycle for um, Ubisoft and their uh, UPlay Plus subscription service. Um, but next up, we have the, um, fifth story on the ProPinion Report, and this one's coming from, uh, Polygon as well, from, uh, Michael McWhorter again. Um, I think, actually, i trying to remember, I might have said it for the first story. That was also by Michael McWhorter on Polygon, um, about the third skew of the Nintendo Switch, um, just in case I didn't mention it the first time. But, um, if I did, you just hear it a second time. Sorry about that, guys. But, um... The fifth story I got here, though, is dealing with just kind of a small thing. Um, It's a Pokemon Go slash uh, One Piece crossover. And as you guys may or may not have heard before, um, I'm a big One Piece fan. So One Piece news comes up, and I I get excited about it. So um, what's kind of going on here, though, is that uh, starting next week, so on July 22nd, a couple days from now, Um, Players are going to be able to catch a a Pikachu that's wearing a straw hat, similar to the the hat that Luffy wears in One Piece. And um, basically, it's kind of just like a a fun little thing that you can catch in the world. I think it's going to be a limited time event um, for probably like a week or so. Um, Looks like you can also purchase a um, straw hat for your own character as a cosmetic item. And that'll be available um, from July 22nd to the 29th. Um, The way that the story is kind of worded on Polygon, it kind of makes it look like it's possibly only going to be a, um, what's that called? A location-specific event, um, which hopefully it'll be kind of be everywhere instead of just located in Japan. Um, But I'll have to kind of check out and see. I believe I still have Pokemon Go installed on my phone, so I might check out um, what's going on there in like a couple days Just to to pop in and see if I can get myself a Straw Hat Pikachu, you know, because I enjoy Pokemon stuff, but I enjoy One Piece stuff even more. And I would love to have a Straw Hat for my Pikachu, you know. Uh, But yeah, that's just a cool little thing. The the whole entire um, event is because of the um, Kumamoto uh, reconstruction project that's kind of going on. Um, And that's because of the um, earthquake from 2016 that kind of like devastated the uh, Kumamoto prefecture in Japan. So it was, it's, it's a nice kind of like reconstruction project at the event itself. Um, The reason the article sounded like it was kind of worded as if they were going to be focusing this around that area in Japan is because um, they were hoping that this kind of event would bring people to the area itself. So that kind of, makes me wonder if it's actually going to be worldwide or if it's just going to be in that specific area. Um, if it is in a specific area, it makes a lot of sense. Um, getting people to kind of go in and, you know, um, put money into the kind of reconstruction project around that prefecture. But um, yeah, if it's if it's something that it's not going to be coming to the US and I won't be able to get a Straw Hat Pikachu, I won't be broken up about it. But um, it's a it's a nice little thing to kind of see going on over there to kind of send funds over to this kind of like reconstruction thing they have going on. And of course, the um, reason, I think, mainly for the crossover is that um, the uh, creator of, of the manga, One Piece, is um, Eiichiro Oda. And he actually is from Kumamoto, which is why this kind of thing has been going on over there, um, cro- or crossover-wise and stuff. Um, and he's, in the past, he's contributed to Um, the kind of fundraising support for the area over the years. So it's a a nice crossover for a a pretty popular thing um, currently. So hopefully we'll kind of get to see, you know, if if it actually does make its way over to the States and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, just a little kind of little Pokemon morsel over there for you. Um, The next one I've got here uh, comes from, what's it called? Uh, Good old... um, GamesIndustry.biz. There we go. And that one's actually from uh, Rebecca Valentine. And the story here is about um, indies and Steam. Um, Steam as in like the uh, PC store kind of thing um, from Valve. And it's kind of a... It's definitely a longer article. It's um, something that I would recommend kind of looking into and stuff if you're interested in kind of the um, background news in the gaming industry. Um, But... The story itself is a little bit um, kind of just looking at the kind of struggles that indie developers go through over on Steam. And uh, some things I didn't really realize that it kind of happened like in the past um, more recently, I think a, a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'll kind of go into a little bit of that and then kind of go into the, the story stuff as well. So uh, a couple weeks ago, um, also from Rebecca Valentine when she reported on it. Um, there was a, a summer sale promotion that was going on that was causing a lot of um, indie developers to um, get worried because games... Um... Okay, let, let me back up just a little bit. So on Steam, when you are on the um, client for your PC and stuff, there are, um, when you go to the store, there's an option to wish list certain games. So you put it on a list, um, much similar, very similar to like uh, Amazon, if you put it on your your list of something that you want to buy in the future, um, then it kind of like is saved on there and you can go and check and you, I think you sometimes are alerted when you have like price drops for that item or like sales and things like that, so um, it's a good way to kind of keep track of things that you want to buy in the future and it's the same kind of thing for this uh, wishlisting on Steam as well. Um, but you can also wishlist games that aren't out yet on Steam um, so that you can be you know, notified when it does release finally. Um, but the thing that was concerning is that um, during this summer sale, um, indie developers were noticing that a bunch of. Um, there's, there's like numbers that they can kind of look into on their side, and graphs were showing them that their games were being um, delisted from wishlists, um, and they, were, they weren't really sure what was going on. Um, apparently from the sounds of things, it was because of, um, like a promotion that was going on during the summer sale where, um, people, um, as they bought games during the summer sale, um, would accrue points. And, um, I think at the end of, I don't know if it was each day or each week, um, they would basically be entered into, um, a, you know, a chance to win a free game on their wish list. And um, because of this, and like the confusing wording, people were going through and deleting smaller games, um, and like in this in this case, indie games, um, from their wish list, so that they had a chance of winning um, larger AAA titles, uh, which are more expensive. Um, but um, the sad thing there is that like that that wasn't actually part of the you know like um, that wasn't part of the promotion itself. The promotion didn't randomly choose a game from your wish list it chose the kind of like top one of your wish list which I guess you can rank them Um, so people just kind of misunderstood and then they weren't going and kind of like putting these games back on their wish list afterwards after it was kind of clarified so uh, this is obviously a pretty big problem for indie games because they spend a lot of time um, the developers trying to like you know promote their titles that are coming up or that are already out and in a time where there's so many games that are available on Steam and coming out like every week, every probably even every day, um it's difficult to kind of have your game be discovered on on the platform just because there's so many things, like you just kind of get lost in the, you know, you get you get lost in the weeds there because there's so many things to look through, and it's hard to kind of really shine on a um, platform where just like everything is coming to it all the time, right? um and kind of rebecca valentine kind of goes into this um she kind of interviewed some different developers and their thoughts on things and um there's kind of been a string of um changes in steam that have kind of created some problems for developers um there was kind of things like um the changing in like a steam algorithm um, and this is getting real nerdy for you guys so like sorry but i, I find it super interesting um they, they kind of changed the way that people would find these games, which would cause like developers to see that their game, um, it's got a, not foot traffic, but like web traffic had like severely dropped. And then it kind of leads to like people not being able to find their games as easily on there. Um, people aren't really like learning about these games as much anymore. And the developers are kind of left in the dark about it. So it's kind of a really like crappy thing to hear about and find is kind of like going on there. Um, I know they, they kind of talk a little bit about how uh, this is likely a big problem just because Steam is so huge and there's so many things coming to it all the time that it makes it difficult for Valve to really kind of like curate the store well. But I don't know. I, I even though that's kind of like what's going on, I don't feel like that's a um, you know like an acceptable reason as to why the the curation can't be handled better. Um, the like I said, the the story in general is is much larger and it's a very interesting read so if you guys have time go go check that out over on gamesindustry.biz um but i think the the main kind of like takeaway from this is that it's it's difficult for like the indie developers to kind of really get their games out there and kind of um you know like properly promote their their titles whether they're currently released or upcoming um and with it being difficult like this it's kind of i think even more important for people um within the community to really kind of push on, like, um, games that they're excited about so that people have a way to kind of really find out about these new things um, without having to rely on, you know, like computer learning and stuff like that, to, you know, like an algorithm to really push out these games that they think people will enjoy. Because we don't really have the technology quite yet, I think, where um, computers can kind of, like, correctly identify games that people are definitely going to enjoy and, like, lead to a bunch of, like, great purchases in terms of, like, discoverability for new games. Um, I think we still have a little ways away before we can kind of get to that kind of point. Um, But in the meantime, like, games that are being um, released, they're kind of, like, falling by the wayside unless you happen to be kind of, like, picked up by, like, major outlets or um, influencers within the games media. So it's a tough tough kind of thing. It's always been difficult for, like, any developers, I would say. Um, unless you get, like, a really big push behind you from um, a large, you know, like, AAA publisher kind of, like, level. So, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to kind of dive deep into these kind of, like, background stories that you hear about. Um, just so you kind of know, like, how the gaming industry as a whole kind of, like, works on the, like, lesser known side. Um, but... Yeah, if you guys have time, check it out. Uh, Rebecca Valentine over on GamesIndustry.biz doing some some really interesting, great work over there. So, shout-outs to her. Um, Next up, though, we got segment three coming up, and that is going to be your guys' favorites. Well, maybe not your guys' favorite, but definitely my favorites. And that, of course, is... The entire list of upcoming games on the PlayStation Network, as listed by Justin Massengale, brought to you by the Bros and Consoles co-hosts each and every weekend. Wow! Now, okay, there was um, a mention last week of Michael Feels Bad about... um, I don't know if he said Feels Bad, but he feels like it's um, not his thing, you know, to... To use the entire proper name for the segment, and I would say Michael, this is this is not just my segment; it's our segment, you know. Because even though I go through and read the PlayStation games and stuff, uh, we both play PlayStation. It's not just for me, you know, and it's 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 for everybody. PlayStation's for everybody, you know. So um, I would definitely say, and I'll probably tell you this like later on too, if if you don't happen to listen to this specific part of the recording, um, but definitely. Um, Keep, keep a keep a written note on the full name of the segment, you know? So that way we both got it going on on our episodes, because I like it. Um, but this week, we got a pretty hefty list. Um, got uh, roughly 15 items going on, which is a, a much larger list, I think, than... Um, actually, last week was pretty large, too, so it might even be similar to last week's size. But uh, pretty good, pretty decent list this week, so I'm pretty excited. Um, The first one we got coming to PS Vita is coming out on the 24th, so I believe that's a, what, Wednesday release, I think? Um, Is that right? Wednesday release. The 21st is Sunday. 22nd, 23rd, yeah, Wednesday release, so. um, Conga Master Go, and that is a little fun-looking game. I think I've actually heard this game talked about a little bit, but more so um, on something else, maybe on the Switch or something. Um, I think I think Greg Miller talked about this possibly in the past. Um, but the description, the dance floor fills, the line gets longer. Come on down, it's time to conga. I guess that kind of rhymes. Yeah, okay, that was just, that was me adding that in there. Um, Shake your virtual hips to the ridiculously fun arcade action of conga master as everyone fights to make the longest conga line possible. No rhythm required. Anyone can conga. Even us. Even we can conga, guys. Let's do it. Let's conga. Um, next, though, we have um, Date Alive, Rio Reincarnation. And this one I think I might be down for because it sounds pretty interesting just from the description alone. Um, the story begins 30 years after a series of space quakes that were caused by spirits. Shido encounters one and learns that he has the ability to seal away a spirit's powers. Shido is determined to save the world and the spirits with the power of love experience new date endings and event cgs in rio reincarnation Now i have no idea what's going on in this story um but space quakes gotta love them so man could you guys imagine if we had like space earthquakes happening here i assume that would just be like i don't know like like e- energy from like eruptions from like exploding stars or something so that actually sounds like entirely terrifying but um, if we had to worry about like earthquakes and spacequakes, man, that would be a that would be a rough world to live in, you know. Um, next up, we got Alea. I'm gonna say it's E L E A. Uh, I don't know if it's Alea or Alea, but I'm gonna say Alea. Coming out on the 25th, so a Thursday release to PS4. In 2073, Earth was struck by a horrid childhood disease, and Alea's husband, Ethan, joined an expedition to colonize Solus, a habitable exoplanet to save humanity from extinction. Thirteen years later, Alea joins a recovery mission to investigate the fate of the expedition. What follows is a wondrous journey through space. I love me some space games, guys. So this might be an interesting one to check out. That very first sentence, though, was real long, so maybe, I don't know, consider shortening that up a little bit, guys. Descriptions. You can do it. Um, Then we got Fantasy Strike coming to PS4 on the 25th as well, another Thursday release. Um, Fantasy Strike is a colorful fighting game where fantasy meets martial arts. It focuses on depth and strategy rather than difficult execution. It's designed for tournament play, but also to welcome you to the genre if you haven't played other fighting games before. Online play uses the excellent GGPO networking technology. And I don't know what that means. I'm going to say it's the good game person out there technology. Yep, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, guys. Uh, It obviously means something. I probably should have looked it up, but I tend to not really go through and read these descriptions previously, but yeah. But um, actually looking at this game, I think this is coming to the Switch as well, and it looks pretty interesting. I like the um, art style um, and I like the um, specific, this is a weird specific thing. I like the uh, character selection screen because it reminds me of like being in Netflix and choosing like a Netflix movie to watch, except you're choosing your character and it kind of talks about like uh, star rating as how difficult I think it is to like learn and um, master that character, I would say, or like I guess maybe learn and play as that character, like the difficulty level. Um, so it has, like, stars for the different characters, and then it also kind of has, like, their background a little bit. And the characters, like, in fighting games, usually the characters are pretty, like, different looking from each other and stuff. That's always kind of something I've, I've enjoyed when I've seen them. Um, and I like the, um, you know, the, the artwork of the different characters in here. So, this might be an interesting fighting game to check out. I'll have to kind of check and see what the price is going to look like later on. Uh, next up, we got Fear of Traffic, also coming out on the 25th Thursday for the PS4. Um, With its colorful world and a magical soundtrack, your mission will be to find the way out, avoiding blocked roads, animals, odd objects on the way, and dramatic accidents with other drivers. You can try to ramp up your score by finding hidden collectibles at every level. Now, I don't don't know what this game is. I don't know what this game is. Fear of traffic. So, I mean, I, I assume this is a fear everyone has, you know. But now you can play it in game form. So, <laughs> there you go, guys. Uh, next up, we have Hoggy 2 coming to PS4 and PS Vita cross-buy. Now, I'm going to make a prediction here. And this is why I am the, you know, prediction... Um, what do we even call that thing? The prediction Grandmaster Championship belt? I don't know what it was called. We're probably adding words to it now at this point, guys. Um, but... The, looking at the artwork, so, so whenever I assume that a game is a Radalaika games, right, a Rodalica published game, um, I look at the artwork, right, then I look at the um, game title, that that sometimes helps, not always, but it sometimes helps. And then I look at the systems it's coming to, and um, this is like a little pro tip for if you guys are trying to um, deduce if a game is coming out and it's by Radalaika as well. Um, you can look at the artwork because they have, like, similar-ish kind of, like, art things, but the game almost always comes to the PS4 and the Vita, and it's almost always cross-buy, because they know what they're doing over there. They know that if you put a cross-buy thing up and you got two separate trophy lists, people are going to come and buy the game, you know? So, I'm going to call it now. This game is probably going to be $3.99. It's going to be on sale for 20% off, um... And the sale price would be $3.99. The OG price, probably $4.99. And I'm going to say it's by Rata Games, for sure. Um, I know Michael predicted that one of them last week was probably going to be a Rata Games game. And I was like, no, it can't be. There's no there's no Vita version. It's, it's not possible. Not possible, guys. But um, description-wise, we haven't even talked about the description for Hoggy 2. Hoggy 2 is a classic platformer with more than 200 levels. The pink slime named Hoggy is back and a whole new wonderful adventure awaits. Except this time around, Hoggy isn't on his own. As Hogatha is keen to join him, and the two must work together to rescue their slime-mold children from the evil moon men that kidnapped them. Oh boy, guys. Oh boy. Now also, I'm confused though, because um, they said that the... They said Hoggy, so the main character, right? He's this slime dude. They say that he's the pink slime, but the pink one clearly has a bow on, on its head. And there's a lady slime who's named Hogatha. So I don't know if they just mixed up the colors on here or something like in their their wording and stuff. But I thought that the pink one was Hogatha and the purple one was Hoggy. But we're going to have to get to the bottom of this, guys. I'll, I'll let you guys know in a couple weeks who is Hoggy and who's Hogatha, all right? <laughs> I'm sure you guys are dying to know and and how they kind of saved all their slime mold children from the moon men. Um, then we got Mighty Switch Force. Um, actually, I didn't. I think I didn't say it, but that's coming Tuesday. It's a, it's a Tuesday release there. Uh, we got Mighty Switch Force Collection coming out on the 25th, Thursday release to PS4. Switch up the fun with four games in one. As cybernetic peacekeeper officer Patricia Wagon... Great name. You'll use your platforming skills, puzzle-solving abilities, and special level-altering siren helmet to protect the people of planet land, oh gosh, and smash enemies into the screen. What does that all mean, guys? What does it mean? Who knows, guys? We're going to find out later. Um, Robbie Swifthand, coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Um, And the full title is Robbie Swifthand and the Orb of Mysteries. And this guy, oh boy. mm, He looks like a Obviously he looks like a bandit, but he looks like a creepy bandit. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Robbie Swifthand and the Orb of Mysteries is a 2D platformer with unique boss fights accompanied by groovy and mystifying music. Man, when was the last time you guys heard a a game description use the word groovy? Uh, Plan your every move and outsmart the traps that are lurking in the temple or get dissected in hilarious ways. Um, Experience rage and satisfaction in this hardcore platformer. Oh man, I don't know if you want to use that as a description in there. I don't know. I don't know if that's entirely something people are always looking for. I don't. I don't think people go into games and are like, you know, I want to experience some rage this time. So let me let me pick up this hardcore platform. <laughs> um, then we got Saber VR coming to uh, PSVR on Tuesday. In the future, the UN bans the research and development of killer robots. Now I can't I can't imagine why that would be banned. You know. Um, no AI can terminate a human life. These AI are repurposed into human-controlled, state-of-the-art, weaponized drones. High-tech military corporations race to create mechanized animals called SABER. Uh, and that stands for Synthetic Synthetic Animal Bio-Remote Entities. Oh, boy. Yep, that's the description. I don't know what we're doing in this game. But, yeah, we'll have to find out what we're doing in, in SABER. And it's it's like... It's like the, it's not Sabre like how you would spell it normally, you know? It's like the Sabre, you know, like Sabre, but B-R-E at the end. Um, then we got Smoot's Summer Games coming out on the 25th, the Thursday release, to PS4. Um, get the gold medal. Play athletics events from your sofa. Prepare yourself for the next season. Smoot Summer Games is a sports arcade game for one to four players where you can play 18 athletics events. Yep, that's, that's what it says. Athletics events. Play with your favorite Smoot character in practice, special challenge, and championship game modes. Yeah, there you go, guys. There. Now we know we're getting close to the Olympics because all these, you know, all these um, summer games games are going to be making their way out. So we'll, we'll yeah, I don't know. It looks It looks like it's probably, like, fun and zany. Uh, The characters look like fun and zany characters, if that makes any sense. Um, Just Google Smoots Summer Games, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Then we got one that I'm I'm actually looking forward to a little bit called Songbird Symphony, coming out on Thursday as well, the 25th, to PS4. A heartwarming journey of discovery as orphaned chick Burb sets off to find his true origins. And you heard right, guys. His name is Burb. B-I-R-B. Follow this cheerful little bouncing bird who revels in singing and guide him through this magical journey of stunning pixel art and gorgeous animation that shapes itself to your musical interactions. Now, I've kind of looked this up a little bit. Um, this isn't a um, NIC, so it's not going to be a spoiler or anything. But it looks like you kind of um, travel around as burb. And <laughs> that, that word's so funny. It's I feel like it's popping up everywhere now. Like Everywhere I'm seeing, there's some kind of like burb kind of thing. And I don't know what it is. It's like a new meme or something. Am I getting old, guys? Who knows? Maybe I'm getting old and Burb is the new, like, hip thing for birds. But um, but Burb um, travels around, and as you kind of, like, um, help out people, or I guess other birds in the world, um, you gain more musical notes to use against, like, enemies or, like, battle encounters. So um, it slowly adds to the, the overall music of the game from the sounds of things. So it sounds pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to check it out, I think, once it comes out, because I think it's got a, a platinum as well. So let's let's check out the Adventures of Burb together, guys. Um, then we have Tetsumo Party coming out on the 26th, so our first Friday release of the week, um, to PS4. It's Tetsumo Party time! Help sumo warriors win in a hilarious competition, control their arms and legs to fit the incoming bamboo wall, or drop out in the most ridiculous way. Riddle me this. What do sumo, walls and dancing have in common? The answer is all of these elements formed Tetsumo party. <laughs> there we go guys. We got got Mount Fuji in the background. Got a I don't know, the the arts of the sumo or uh, sumo warrior here, the sumo guy here reminds me of like RuneScape a little bit. And take that however you want. That may be a good thing to you, maybe a, a bad thing to you. But um yeah, we got Tetsumo party coming out guys. Next one I'm pretty excited for, um, Wargroove, finally coming to PS4 on Tuesday. Um, Take to the battlefield with Wargroove, a strategy game for up to four players. Choose your commander and wage turn-based war on battling factions. Design and share maps, cutscenes, and campaigns with easy-to-use editors and in-depth customization tools. So I'm going to have to try this out on the Xbox probably in the next couple weeks to see how I like it. Because if I, if I enjoy it, I'm definitely going to get it for the PS4. So I can kind of add to that, you know, like ever-growing smothering collection I have going on over there. <laughs> but um, it, it always looked like it was a pretty cool game. Um, I think I have to kind of be sold on the battle um, mechanics within the game. Which is why I'm going to try it out on Xbox first. Um, kind of see, like test the waters over there. But the um, trailer for the game, I think, is originally what got me interested. And the, the artwork looks, looks great. So... It's a very interesting looking like cartoony, zany kind of artwork, but still with like a more like serious tone inside there as well. I and mean, I like the idea of these kind of like um, enemy like factions and stuff that you can kind of be a part of. So it seems pretty cool. I'm going to I'm going to give it a try for sure. In the next couple weeks, hopefully. Um, then we got Wolfenstein Cyberpilot coming to PSVR on the 26th. So I think also a um, Friday release. Um, Wolfenstein Cyberpilot brings virtual reality to the revolution against the Nazis Paris, 1980 you're the best hacker in town your mission, aid the French resistance by taking control of powerful Nazi war machines saddle up Cyberpilot you're one of us now now this one is coming out along with um, this next game Wolfenstein Youngblood you have to buy them separately because they're separate things Um, this one also coming out on the 26th Friday for PS4 um, Wolfenstein Youngblood is the first modern co-op Wolfenstein adventure. Nineteen years after the events of Wolfenstein 2, BJ's twin daughters Jess and Sof Blaskowitz—I'm uh, trying to think—Blas—Blaskowitz, Blaskowitz, Blaskowitz—I'm trying to decide if the W is said as like a V, but I'm going to say Blaskowitz—are forced into action. Wolfenstein Youngblood features the most open-ended Wolfenstein experience to date. And actually, seen some of the trailers. It looks pretty dope. So this may be something I'll have to check out eventually. I still have to play through Wolfenstein One and Two, so it's a lot of game time there. And I don't know if I want to buy this right away, just because if I haven't played the first two, I feel like I'm going to be lost. So we'll have to we'll have to see. I think I'm I'm a little more than halfway through the first one, so. I'll have to try and jump back into that, because I think that's also taken up a pretty large chunk on my um, hard drive for the PS4. So I would like to clear some things, you know. I'm I'm trying to clear Doom first, and I'll try and clear Wolfenstein, and then we'll kind of work our way towards Youngblood, you know, hopefully. But that's all we have for the PSN games this week. Next up, though, we have some more games coming to you. And if you were to say to me, Nathan, all that talk earlier about the Nintendo Switch and the DS, no, not DS, the Switch Lite, and even your talk about, like, playing the, the DS games, like, all that got me in a really, like, Nintendo-heavy mood, and I'm like, I totally feel you guys, I feel you, because it's gotten me in a Nintendo-heavy mood, too, and so that's why I bring to you now the weekly Nintendo Switch picks for this next coming week. Now we have quite a lot of games that are appearing next week. Um, definitely way more than I'm gonna go over in total here. I'll kind of pick the ones that I thought were the most interesting looking. Um, the first one there is a game called High Noon Revolver. That one's coming out on the 23rd. Um, currently, it's got a pre-purchase 20% off price of 2.39, so the full price will be 2.99. So pretty pretty cheap game. It looks pretty cool. It's by uh, Key Bowl Games um, and the Apparently you are playing as kind of multiple different characters um, in a 2D plane. You kind of like are blasting your way through all these enemies and stuff, and then they have what looks like pretty um, cool-looking boss battles and things in there. So looks like a lot of like arcadey kind of fun. Um, it's something that I think I'm going to probably pick up because of the, the amazing-looking price point too. Um, it says, Blast your way across three levels of platforming, collecting gold and obtaining upgrades, helping you go from puny to powerhouse. I like that. I like that description too. Go from puny to powerhouse. Um, play as a colorful cast of characters, each with unique weapons and abilities, like chickens with shotguns and robots with swords. Chase down and collect bounties on wanted outlaws everywhere, from sunken ships to haunted mansions. So that's the that's that game there, guys. High Noon Revolver. That might be one to check out. It looks pretty cool. Um, now, last week, I know Michael mentioned the um, what was that? Uh, forklift simulator or something like that and I was like oh my gosh Michael why are you talking about this game (laughs) you can't possibly be excited for this game it's got to be more of like a a joke thing and there was actually one this week that I felt similarly about that I'm like I don't think I'm excited for this but in a weird way I kind of am at the same time and that is because Battleship is coming out on the Switch um, on the 24th of this month And that one's going to be $19.99 for the regular price. Uh, Pre-purchase is 10% off, so $17.99, guys. Only $18, and you can play all the, the majesty of Battleship. Now, I think the only reason I was even looking at this... Obviously, you guys know what Battleship is. If you don't know what Battleship is, go Google it. You'll find it. It's a ridiculous little game, and I'm sure you can find commercials of the kids going like, Oh, you sunk my Battleship! and that's really the only reason i was even interested in looking at this in the first place is because it literally is the battleship game that you play you get to choose where you put your fleet and everything and then you try to sink your opponent's fleet before they get yours and it looks like it goes through like different periods of time as well it's not just like modern battleships so you're also playing with what looks like um what's it called like a uh, the, like, in, like, Greece and stuff, it looks like you're playing as well with, like, um, Norse people there, so I just, I really just want to see, like, a Viking, and I want to be playing against the Viking, and I want the Viking to tell me that I sunk their battleships, you know, because that's, that's really all I'm looking for here. <laughs> now, um, in all seriousness, um, it looks like it could be fun, um, if you guys are interested in battleship games, though, you got, on Nintendo Switch now, now, if this were to come to the PS4 and it had like a actual platinum and stuff, oh man, guys, I might, I might hard think about that for a little bit longer than I thought about it on the Nintendo Switch. I'm telling you. So, if you guys are listening out there, you know my weakness: platinums and PS4. You know. Um, next one looks pretty, pretty interesting. Here is called um, Caged Garden Cock Robin, and that's coming to P, or sorry, not PS4, to the Switch on the 25th. Um, Right now, pre-purchase, it is 9.99, so 23% off from the $12.99 price point. And um, it looks like a pretty interesting um, kind of semi-mystery game, uh, mystery slash like visual novel kind of game. And let me just uh, read a little bit from the description here, um, but bear with me because some of the description is not the greatest here. Um, so it's uh, got a multi-ending system in which selection changes the ending. Um, after seeing eight endings, what is waiting? And that's kind of more of a question. I'm not entirely sure. The the sentences are kind of a little strange at points, um, just just as a warning. Um, A girl who was apprenticed to an old castle, oh boy, rumored as a nest of monsters. That's that's the first sentence, guys. So I I don't know. Um, She witnessed something heteromorphic which roamed around there. Although people in the castle call it komodori, nobody tries to talk details robin alone starts investigating the hidden truth but and this is in quotes it's all right even if it's right it's all right even if it's wrong if i can choose only one path by which i won't regret it's for me and then a long like pause looking thing like a bunch of dashes i don't know guys i don't know but uh, it looks mysterious and yeah i think the It looks mysterious. It looks like it's got some kind of like choice system that changes um, the story over time. And then um, the characters, I think, is what kind of makes it look more interesting. They all kind of look somewhat like unsettling and what's it called? They all look pretty like different and stuff. So I'm interested in this game enough that I think I'll probably check it out and kind of um, let you guys know once I kind of make my way through it. Um, But yeah, they got that going on over there. And then the last one that I have for this week, um, obviously there's a few coming to the Switch as well, like uh, Fantasy Strike, which I mentioned on the PS4, they got Songbird Symphony, so I got good old Burb coming up over there. Um, They got the Smooth Summer Games as well. And then, um, but the one that I'm super excited about this week, um, I already have it pre-purchased, is the um, game Fire Emblem Three Houses. Now that's going to be one of the big games that I'm kind of waiting for this year, um, especially on the Switch. So, um, as you guys may know, if you kind of like looked into the, um, you know, into the the games on the Switch, like the larger AAA releases coming out and stuff, um, Fire Emblem is a really long history kind of franchise that has been with Nintendo for probably probably more than a decade at this point, I would say. Um, I remember playing my first Fire Emblem game, I think back on the Game Boy Advance, so it was a long time ago. Um, but the game itself. Um, Looks way more detailed and kind of like in-depth than previous Fire Emblem games, I remember. Um, so I'm pretty interested. It looks like you can choose... not it looks like... They, they've had a Nintendo um, Direct pretty solely about Fire Emblem Three Houses before. You go and choose between one of the three houses, obviously. Um, and I've kind of heard the um, from Tim Geddes on um, Kind of Funny Games. He's talked about it as being, in his mind, like a mixture between um, Fire Emblem and stuff like uh, Harry Potter in terms of like the three houses as well as um, what's it called a uh, Game of Thrones a little bit so like all those different elements sound super interesting to me I, I this is this has been on my radar for a while now and so I'm super excited to kind of dive into this next week um, I just kind of wish it was already here so I could just play it now uh, just dive in but Nintendo Store is too good at locking up their pre-purchases you know so they they won't let me do it guys they won't let me hack the system So we'll just have to wait and see how this game is. But I've heard good things so far, so I'm pretty excited. I'm going to have to jump in and choose my, my, what's it called, faction, my my house and everything. I want to go with blue. I was surprised that um, Tim said he went with yellow instead because he's a a blue boy for life, you know. But um, I want to go with blue as well. So I'll have to to look and see what the different people are like in the houses because that's kind of what he talked about as being... The reason why he went with a different colored house is because of the characters within the house. Hopefully, I'll find a a good reason to like the characters in whichever house I choose. But I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the different characters and personalities and things like that in there. Um, As well as just playing through a Fire Emblem game because it's been so long. Um, But that's what we got uh, for the Switch picks this week. And um, well, next up, we're going to go straight into uh, segment four. And that is one of my favorite segments. This is like actual favorite segments, um, the NIC. Um, this week in the Indie Corner, I found you guys a gem. And I mean this in like the most sincere way possible. Um, so found this, I'm just kind of scrolling through looking for, for news for the week. And it was a, it was a subtle find. I don't think I really expected to find something like this. And I was, like, pleasantly surprised um, and actually, like, like really excited by the game itself, which is why I'm bringing it up now at this point. Um, so this came from uh, a page on Gematsu from Sal Romano. So shout-outs to you, Sal. Um, but the game itself is called Roguelike Hero. And this is a game that is um, being developed by a studio called Karya uh, Tech and being published by... Um, company called XD Network. The game is going to be coming to PS4, the Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam, and um, because it's just been recently announced, um, it was announced I believe on the 18th, so only a couple days ago, um, there's no release date that's been talked about yet, um, but the, there is a trailer available, and I highly recommend going to watch this trailer, because if you guys enjoy indie games, you um, I think this is definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, looking, and I say that about the majority of the games, that I, I I, think probably every game that I talk about on the NIC, I say it's one to keep an eye out on. But um, that's because I really, I believe in these games when I bring them onto the show like this. And looking at this game just through the trailer, I was, I was laughing during the trailer. I was just kind of like being excited for this character on here that you play as. And let me kind of just give you a little bit of a description about it on here. Um, the, the game itself is a a comedy action game. So you play as a, um, hero who, you know, he, he he's a, what looks like a kind of like action stunt double, um, within the game. And it's basically the story, um, kind of told through the trailer is that he wants to work on like these like action scenes, right? Within like movies or TV game or TV shows and things like that. Um, and he essentially has to like go to these like sets all the time and try to be picked to, to be one of the, you know, like the extras within the scene. And then, um, the story itself seems like it wraps around the idea that like he gets picked and then now you have to go and fight through all these other people that are within the action scene. So the gameplay is that you're going through and beating up all these other characters. Um... But the way he does it is so unorthodox looking like he's he's fighting people by like jumping and doing some like weird like jump kicks and things. But it's not like it doesn't look like um, practiced martial arts. It looks like he's like, you know, flailing his legs around and stuff. And then there's there's times where he's like running around, but he's like scrambling on the ground and kind of like running between people's legs and stuff in like an attempt to like get away from people that are trying to attack him. So it looks, it looks hilarious. It looks like it's, it's definitely got this like comedy factor to it. And um, along with it, it seems like there's a backstory that like he idolizes this one like action star in, in some kind of like uh, movie or TV series. And throughout his like career, it looks like he's trying to like attain that level of, you know, like um, recognizability kind of thing. So it's like this underdog story going from underdog to meeting uh, it shows in the trailer to, to meeting his his like you know like his um i guess like uh, idol in in the in the industry he's working in and like the, the the idol uses like this like sword kind of thing and stuff when he fights and then it shows i think in the trailer it shows your character using like a plunger to fight against him <laughs> so it looks great guys um i'm gonna read a little bit that um sal romano kind of talked about on here and um it's, it's, a, it's an interesting description, I think, to say the least. So, um, you play as a shameless hero that would fight dirty and with no shame of throwing one or two sucker punches. Heavily inspired by Stephen Chow's trolling comedy style, the game presents an absurd and funny action experience with trolling mechanics. And that's, that's the words, guys, trolling mechanics. <laughs> um, the hero, in quotations, is a walk-on actor struggling to get a good role. Each stage is an action movie set piece, and players fight through various enemies with absurd and silly ways to complete the filming. There are a big amount of trolling weapons and moves such as the fart counter move and spit attack. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, You can expect to see more silly and interesting implementation of classic action game mechanics... And witness the growth of the clownish, hilarious yet justice and brave protagonist. And that was kind of a word salad there. I don't really know entirely what that means. But um, you're seeing this, you're seeing this character grow over time. So that I think that's that's kind of the thing that I'm excited by. Uh, some key features in the game: you uh, play as a hero that doesn't deserve to be called one. Um, there are absurd mechanics, animations, and features that will make you laugh so hard. A unique comedy plot that I will not spoil for you right now. With a little um, You know tongue sticking out emoji there a huge pool of enemy variants and endless combination potentials a huge pool of items and gear to make each playthrough unique a variety of bosses that are challenging and fun and a fun combat system that enables both button mashing and skilled gameplay so a lot of things going on here a lot of different kind of like um things to kind of like you know think about and really like mull over and everything but um, the game itself looks very interesting. Um, definitely check out the trailers. It's called Roguelike Hero. Um, that's kind of pretty much exactly how it sounds. Um, Roguelike, R-O-G-U-E-L-I-K-E is all one word. Um, but very interesting looking game coming out. Um, not sure when it'll come out. It looks like it's... Um, I hope it's probably planned for 2019. But um, it's since it seems like a more of an indie title, it might be... You know, coming out later on, but it's something that I'm going to keep an eye out for, and I think you guys probably should too, just because if it if it looks interesting this early on, I think it has a good potential for for being being an interesting indie game later on as well. You know, um, but that's what I got for you guys this week on the Bropinion Report. Uh, what? Not the Bropinion Report. What am I saying? I'm just I'm putting my brain on autopilot, guys. Um, that's the the NIC for the week. Um, now, though, um, last kind of little um, wrap up segment. Now, Michael had a had a great idea and I kind of told him I, like, I love that idea last week where he threw out a game challenge of something that he wanted me to play and then kind of talk about later on. So um, I'm going to I'm going to throw it right back to you, Michael, because now we'll have I would say that we should we could probably have it. where like we're we're trying to we don't obviously we're not trying to finish it before the next week when we talk kind of thing. But um, trying to trying to finish through these games, and then once we're done, then we can jump to another one that we kind of recommend to each other. Um, but the one that I'm gonna recommend to you, Michael, so I've, I've started playing Sonic Mania, I'm gonna try and go through that and everything. Um, but the one I'm recommending to you is available on the Nintendo Switch at the moment. Um, I believe it's also on Steam as well. Uh, price point at $14.99. And I don't think you have this game quite yet. So sorry about, about making you make this purchase thing, but I think this is such a great game that, that it's something that needs to be played, you know, at this point. So, um, I am recommending to you to go and play Katana Zero, Michael, and you probably knew this was coming, um, possibly, if you were looking at my, um, when we talked about it, I think, um, a few days ago, and I was kind of mentioning that it's not something that you, actually, I don't know if I said it was something that you own, I don't know if I gave you that hint or not, but um, something that I had played on the Switch and you were like, oh, I'm going to go look to see like games you've played and stuff to get an idea. And I was like, ah, shoot, I shouldn't have said anything. But I think this is something you'll enjoy. Um, very fast-paced gameplay. You enjoyed um, already like Hotline Miami and stuff. And I think this is pretty um, accessible in terms of like gameplay and stuff. So definitely check it out and report back to me once you have finished katana zero michael and i'll of course report back to you when i finish sonic mania which hopefully i'll be able to get through soon i don't really know how many more levels there are and stuff but we'll we'll find out we'll we'll wait and see you know but um yeah that now that is actually all i have for you guys this week and i hope you guys had a fun little um train ride on the video game hype train with us um, with us, I'm talking about myself as like I'm more than one person for some reason. Um, but if you guys enjoyed or had any um, questions, comments, or feedback that were, you know, burning a honestly uh, burning a hole through your head, that's not a good thing though. Um, they were if they were just you know just burning on the back of your tongue there, maybe not even burning, maybe just sitting there, you know. But if you had something that you wanted to ask us, or or give a shout out to and stuff, then if you had an or if you had an answer to the the questions earlier on that I was I was leaving out there for you guys contest wise and stuff, uh, feel free to write in to frozenconsols at gmail.com. Um, if you're not really down for all that emailing business, then you can also just tweet at me. Um, I'm Indy Ronan on Twitter. Um, but yeah, Michael is also gonna be coming back next week for his, um, I think, if everything works out the way that I'm thinking it will, um, his last episode, um, solo-wise, for for a bit. There might be another solo episode that needs to happen um, eh, after we have a reunion episode, which is unfortunate, but it's just kind of the timing of things, and we'll kind of talk about that later on down the line and let you guys know what's going on. But um, look forward to Michael's episode next week, and I'll look forward to talking to you guys again in another couple weeks the time goes by so fast guys and gals so don't even worry we'll we'll have a reunion episode sooner than you guys think and we will see you again then so until then stay well play games and have a great week guys peace out